Welcome back to the Drupal Easy Podcast. This is season 15, episode number four, and my name is Mike Anello. In today's episode, we will be talking with Jordan Powell about Cypress. Jordan works for Cypress.io, one of the main forces behind the Cypress open source project. We'll be covering the basics of Cypress and why it is a really good option for end-to-end testing of Drupal sites. Now, before we get to my interview with Jordan, let me tell you a little bit about Drupal Easy's long-form training courses. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, then you've probably heard of our long-form, beginner-focused Drupal training course, Drupal Career Online. This course is designed to lay a rock-solid foundation for becoming a professional Drupal developer, and it gets our students access to the Drupal Easy Learning Community. Among the benefits of that are access to our weekly office hours, community mentors, as well as our curriculum updates. Drupal Career Online meets twice a week for 12 weeks, starting August 28th. To learn more, just go to drupaleasy.com DCO. Now, our newest long-form Drupal training course is called Professional Module Development. This also gets you access to the Drupal Easy Learning Community, and it includes 15 weeks of module development training. Now, that's twice a week of best practice-focused training, uh, where we cover services, dependency injection, PHP unit, various Drupal APIs, and tooling like PHP CS, PHP Stan, and Xdebug. Along the way, we also dive deep into caching, and we create some custom Drush commands. We have received some really great feedback from folks who have already completed the course. Here is a quote from one of those folks. A fantastic course covering some really advanced stuff. If you understand the principles of Drupal but want to move forward to deal with advanced development topics, this is a good place to start. If you're interested, the full version begins August 8th, and the light version of the course begins August 22nd. You can learn all about the two versions and more at drupaleasy.com slash pmd. Welcome to the Drupal Easy podcast, Jordan Powell. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, we are just meeting for the first time. We've been chatting for a few minutes before uh, starting the recording. This is kind of a new, I don't want to say it's a new type of episode for us, but it's pretty rare that we have someone on the podcast that A, I haven't met previously, and B, is pretty much just outside of the Drupal community. So welcome again. Yeah, well, thank you. I was thinking, I used to work in Drupal, uh, boy, 2010. Like this is, a you know, for now, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but now I'm like, wow, that's like 13-ish years ago or something. But I used to work in Drupal quite a bit and... And PHP and WordPress, I did a lot of like small, like local business agency type work. Right. And uh, so I'm, I would say, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm definitely embedded in the Drupal community, but I can definitely appreciate many parts of it because I used to do it and bringing back a lot of old memories, that's for sure. So I'm glad to be here. Fantastic. Well, we're actually not going to talk about a whole lot of Drupal today. We're going to talk about, you know, something you're very familiar with as you are an engineer at Cypress. And we're going to be talking about the Cypress open source project and and basically end-to-end testing with Cypress today. As you know, I was telling you before we started, there are some folks in the Drupal community that are using Cypress. 
I wouldn't say it's anywhere close to a majority of the folks, but the folks that I know that use Cypress, just, they love it. They're really into it. And I started, I, I, I've seen a couple sessions within the Drupal community about Cypress, and I've looked at some of the, the tutorial videos, and it looks really, really cool. And I just kind of wanted to get someone from Cypress or Cypress expert to come and just kind of introduce the topic to the Drupal community. So, so that's why you're here. So, you know, I gave it a, a really short description there, but why don't you, in your words, tell us what is Cypress? So yeah, great question. So Cypress essentially tried to take something that was really difficult to do and make it, but important being end-to-end testing. So basically testing as similar to how users actually use your applications as possible. You know, historically, that's been a really painful thing to do. You know, we've used tools like Selenium in the past or things like that. And many of us are familiar with the like testing triangle where we have like a lot of unit tests at the bottom. And then at the very top, we have like end-to-end tests because traditionally they were really painful to write. But Cypress kind of like, basically was created to essentially almost like flip that that paradigm where end-to-end tests could not only be less painful to write, but maybe even like fun to write and actually like really easy and reliable and, and uh, that sort of thing. So that's sort of the problem it set out to face. I think this was, I think the very first like beta release was 2015. So it's been, it's been around for quite a while and we just surpassed like 5 million downloads a week on npm so it's been uh it's wild to think how far you know the the tool and the community has come but yeah it's it's also really wild to work on a tool that is like used by so many people and yeah if you haven't used it it's definitely i remember the first time i saw it i'll I'll start here is i was at a conference i think back in 2000 i think like 18 2018 2019 or something like that and i hated i didn't really write much of any automated tests at that point, a little unit testing, but I never really, I'd never written like end-to-end tests because every time I tried, it was like unbelievably painful. And I'm like, this is just like, it's just like a big, a lot of effort for something that I didn't feel like confident even writing myself. And so, but I remember going to this talk at a conference and I saw Cypress being demoed and I was like, oh my goodness, like this is like, this is like magic. How are they doing this? Like, and at that point, like I, I remember coming home and like, I have to download this and try this. And I was like, I've never, ever said like, I have to go and try this testing thing. Right. So I was like, (laughs) you know, testing is something that like no one gets excited about. But in that moment, I was like, wow, this is like really, really cool the way it's doing it. And so, yeah. And and little did I know, you know, and fast forward a few years, I'd be working at Cypress. So it's kind of cool to look back and, and, you know, see everything. So the most surprising thing about your answer to me is that you did not use a word that if someone would ask me what Cypress is, a word that I was would use. Okay. Do you know what word you didn't say? Uh, I don't know. What did I say? It's it's JavaScript based. Okay. Yeah. That is true. And for me, that feels very different. It, that is a good point. For me, I guess I've I've I used to you know work in PHP and Drupal and that sort of thing, but the last probably eight-ish years, I've pretty much been exclusively in the JavaScript ecosystem. So, so that's I guess for me, mindset. my context, it was my default. So yes, I, I apologize. So it is written in JavaScript. So, and you can use TypeScript too. So, okay. but uh, yeah, 
I guess, sorry, I, I, no, I missed. I no need to apologize. It just surprised me. So how did, how did the project get its start? Do you know anything about its origin story or can you enlighten us on, like, was this part of some other project and got spun off or was it a frustrated developer who just said, screw it, I'm going to write my own? Like, what, what's the story? Yeah, so our founder, and, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, the way I remember this as, you know, I'll, I'll tell it from this perspective. I, I, I could be saying it wrong, so I'll totally, right. I may be missing little spots, but I promise I will not uh, edit that part out. That, <laughs> your caveat will stay. <laughs> yeah, this is an absolute truth. No, but basically our, the founder of, of Cyprus was, I believe, working at a company and basically had this idea or he was at a conference or something and basically had like this aha moment where he thought, Wow, like basically Selenium and all these other testing tools used a, a, a protocol that basically sent requests outside the browser to like an API of the browser to then automate things. And but the problem is like browsers are complex and they're asynchronous. So they don't run, they're not always very reliable or, or deterministic. And so what we would have to do is we would have to like put a bunch of weight. So we'd say like, visit this page and then like wait for 10 seconds and then like then do some things and then wait some long like some more time but then like you would work it would like work and then you'd like run it in ci or someone else would run on a slower network connection and the test would fail and then you would just increment the count of how long you waited and then there's just a lot of things like you know if you really think about exactly what a lot of, a lot of the things you think about what a browser is it's actually fairly complex there's a lot of things happening and that's what made testing like this really painful and so had this this sort of aha moment where what if cypress could actually run in the actual browser and it would have access to all the things in the browser and so essentially what cypress does is it it uses chrome safari firefox whatever browser you want to run it in and it basically loads essentially Cypress as an iframe inside the browser. And then it then is in the same runtime loop as the actual, as your browser itself. So you have access, or I should say Cypress has access to network requests, the entire DOM tree, console logs, you know, you have everything. So as a developer, you're using, well, I would say as a JavaScript developer, anyways, you have access to a lot of the, the same tooling that you're like using on a regular basis and it and it just like and it's and it's JavaScript for for a lot of people, so they're just like, oh, it just it just kind of just works, right? So that's sort of the 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 problem it set out to 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 face. And then you know, many years later, you know, we're sort of the in a lot of ways the the de facto end to end testing tool. So so I want to talk about you know, how it actually works from like a user perspective in a few minutes. But, but, but I want to talk about like the community as well as the company. Sure. Who I believe is your employer as well. Yes. And, and, and what that looks like. So Cypress, the code is, is all open source. Do I have that correct? Correct. Yep. And there's also Cypress, the company. Mm-hmm. How should I distinguish between, you know, should I call one Cypress.io, which is kind of the URL or what, how do I distinguish? Uh, yeah. Two? People are, well, I would say, you know, Cypress is is the open source, I guess, package, and then Cypress.io is the company that basically backs and sort of stewards the open source project, as well as okay. something called Cypress Cloud, which I think is kind of where you're leading, which is right. sort of it's like an additional thing you can add to the open source product that really enhances the 
your overall experience as well as the insights you can kind of glean from your test. Right. And I want to ask, I want to talk about that in a moment, but before we get there, I do want to, so Cypress, the open source project are, you know, how large is like the contributor community? Like as far as, are we talking dozens, hundreds, thousands of code contributors and documentation contributors to Cypress? So, yeah. So I think on the actual product itself, we have like 400 or 500 contributors who have contributed to it. Great. But we also have many other sort of ancillary repos that are sort of loosely connected. And I'll give an example of recently, I worked on the tooling team for a while at Cypress. So I built, for example, we have a Docker image that basically, it's like the recommended, like if you want to run Cypress in a Docker container, this is like everything that you need to, you basically need to run. So it's just like, I built this repo that then is downloaded tens of millions of times <laughs> by people. So it's like, you know, crazy, like number of people. Right. So there are lots of, as well as like Circle CI, and then like there are just, sure. you know, all, all kinds of things that are not necessarily tied to Cypress, but are sort of Cypress adjacent things. Exactly. Cypress adjacent that have lots of contributors to as well. And then the other thing I would say is beyond that, like one of the things that really separates, I think Cypress from really any other testing tool that I'm aware of is we actually have a really diverse like plugin and ecosystem. And so there are ways you can, a lot of, we have hundreds, like I find like there's probably thousands of these. I find about new plugins all the time. I'm like, I didn't even know this existed, but basically people can build plugins or extensions on top of Cypress, you know, to solve certain use cases or to work with like other adjacent tools that aren't necessarily something we like officially support, that type of thing. Right. So yeah, the, the ecosystem is one of the things that really makes, I believe, Cypress, you know, the sort of the tool that it is. It sounds familiar. It sounds very familiar what you're saying to someone in yes, the Drupal community. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So there's also Cypress.io, the company. Is it fair? Like, well, maybe I should, I, I, let me ask it this way. Are the majority of the contributors to the core Cypress open source project employed by Cypress.io or is that a minority or are there, are there major contributors who aren't employed by Cypress? I'm just trying to, sure. and I think you know where I'm going with this, right? It, you know, there are open source projects that are managed or heavily controlled by a single for-profit entity, and there's ones that aren't. So I'm just trying to figure out where does Cypress fall in, in that continuum? Yeah, so Cypress is probably, I don't, I don't know exact numbers, but I would guess 90 to 95% of contributions come from Cypress IO employees. Okay. And But we definitely do have lots of contributors. We have a lot of people that will either, you know, file an issue for some specific, you know, edge case, and then we fix them. So in those cases, like even though we we fix it, a user identifies the problem or uh, a feature that they would like, that sort of thing. So, but in terms of like actually like sort of the the stewarding of the of the open source project is definitely falls upon Cypress itself. And so that's one of the things that I would say I think like some people may have a problem with, but in general, I would say open source is a really difficult thing that everyone depends upon and no one wants to pay for it. And so I think there are challenges that are probably outside of the scope of maybe this 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 podcast episode. But I would say definitely when you can if your company relies upon a tool like Cypress or some other open source project that has an open source offering, it's definitely 
advantageous to everyone to support those because you know they're the one building the tool that you're using for free to make money off of or you know or to to make sure you keep making money or something all right so then the natural question is how does cypress.io the company make make its money to pay its developers sure sure so we are a startup so we have raised the most recent round of funding was series b funding back in 2019 before i came to cypress but Cypress has a, a cloud offering that essentially what it does is it records your your tests that get run. And so what it does is it essentially gains insight into, you know, the tests that are being run, like how reliable are they? Are they flaky? Are there parts that could be improved? Things like that. And then we surface them to you in the app. And so an example of this is actually Cypress tests Cypress using Cypress. It's actually really cool to see. It's very like, it's very meta and like uh, gives you a headache when you really think about it. But what we do is like, so we test Cypress inside of Cypress. And so one of the things when we're working on a feature or bug fix or something like that is if CI runs and, and something fails, well, I could go into like Circle CI or, you know, in our case, our, our CI provider, and I could like go through some logs to try to determine like what tests failed, but it doesn't really give me valuable insight into why did it fail, things like that. But the alternative is with the, if you're using Cypress Cloud, all you have to do is open, like be inside of that branch, like check out the branch that you're working on, launch Cypress, and we basically tell you, hey, this test failed and this is the specific test that's failed and you could basically say just rerun this test i want to see what failed so there's it gives like a way to like identify tests and really just improve workflow you know scalability efficiency all that type of stuff right so it sounds like it it provides some you know uh advanced reporting let's say that allows you to pinpoint but it also yep and i don't know if i if, if i understood you correctly which is i, I want to ask about this you mentioned it tells you if your tests are well-written and if they're flaky. So is it doing some type mm-hmm. of like static analysis of your JavaScript code? Does the, or, or how does that? Sure. So it's, it's not doing that, at least as of today. We are doing some things that are heading down that path a little bit more. But what it's doing at the moment is basically because it records all your test run, it knows that if like a, for example, a, a certain test is regularly failing, but if you rerun it, it passes, that's an indicator like, hey, this test is flaky. And what what I mean by that is like, you know, because browsers are asynchronous, maybe you're trying to make an assertion on something in the DOM that hasn't been settled yet. So maybe it's waiting for an API request to complete or something like that. Sounds like caching to me, but whatever. <laughs> exactly. And so what what happens is actually... There, there are different like best practices in terms of how you go about selecting things from the DOM. And oftentimes, if you don't follow those best practices, you sort of enhance the likelihood of flaky tests arriving. And I don't know if we want to go into very specifics on what those are, but it's basically just high level. Like it's, a, it's an indicator of, you know, why is this pointing at something is like not always giving you the same answer. So maybe you should go and look at it and follow a best practice or, you know, maybe rewrite your test or something like that. Or maybe it's saying, hey, like your service is not returning, you know, a response in the in a deterministic way. Maybe it takes two seconds one time, maybe it takes right. it times out the next. So that's something that's also valuable information. 
So it sounds like that, like the, the Cypress cloud offering is something that isn't geared just towards organizations of a certain size. It seems like anyone who's using Cypress could, could get value out of that. Yeah. In fact, we actually have a, we have a free tier of it. So if you run like it records like up to like 500 tests, if you're working on a small project by yourself or maybe even open source project, like, you know, 500 tests are free, so you can use it and try it out. And, you know, I think people see the value in it really quickly. Is it safe to assume that there's some service offerings as well? Like if an organization needs help either getting up to speed on Cypress or needs help writing some complex tests that there are, you know, that we could hire someone from from the mothership to, to <laughs> help us with that? Yeah, so... So we're we're slowly walking into the territory where Jordan doesn't know that much, but I will say we do have like, especially for our enterprise customers, we have like a technical account manager sure, that sure. Right. provides like resources as well as uh, myself and others often will do trainings for teams and say, hey, these are best practices based upon problems you're having, or they'll say, hey, I'm having this problem and, you know, we we provide insight to them, but it's much easier to provide technical support for people that are actually like customers of ours than people that are, you know, just using the open source tool. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like it's sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's move away from the organization and the open source community and kind of let's talk about the actual, you know, the, the actual software for a bit. Coming from the Drupal community, Drupal core uses PHP unit. We have functional JavaScript testing and functional testing. And so it's all like PHP based and uses Mink and, and stuff like that. And that's something that a lot of folks in the Drupal community are comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So how does a tool like Cypress, how does that differ or how is that the same than what the Drupal community is already accustomed to? Yeah, so I would say this is probably the part that's going to be Outside of it written in JavaScript, it's probably going to be the most fundamentally different for Drupal community. Mm -hmm. And that Cypress takes sort of the opposite approach to testing and that unit testing is great because it is very cheap. It's usually really easy to write. It's really fast to run. However, I would say the value you get from a unit test is arguably not that great outside of like if you have... For example, have like a, a complex calculation function that calculates some business logic or something, you know, for given sets of inputs, you want a certain output or something like, like things like that. Those are great use cases for a business uh, unit test because those are like, you know, core business logic that you want to make sure works right. However, when you're thinking like front end development, at the end of the day, the interface that matters the most is the is the DOM because it's the interface that your users actually interact with your application. So you could have like really great unit test coverage throughout all of your application, but if the users that actually interact with in the DOM with your application have a bad experience, you know, that's that's not good, right? And and the problem with like unit testing is it tests a lot of little parts, but it doesn't necessarily test that all the little parts play together nicely. And so Cypress takes the opposite approach where it doesn't test the internals of something for like end-to-end -end testing. It just basically visits a URL. It's, it's completely agnostic to a framework that you're using. It doesn't care if you're using Drupal or some JavaScript framework or something like that. It's just going to visit the compiled, you know, 
HTML, CSS, JavaScript that gets bundled in a browser at a URL. And so that's what's great about end-to-end testing. And that's something that would be very, very, you know, relevant for your community. And the thing with that is you're not testing business logic or your implementation of a function or something like that. You're testing that, hey, when a when a user clicks this button, what side effect does it have on the URL? Does it is it supposed to reroute to another page? It's supposed to display a thank you message, that type of thing. And so those are the things that you're testing with an end-to-end test as opposed to like a unit test. Now, I will say the one thing, the team that I work on now is is something called component testing, which is a sort of like a, a new type of testing we're doing with Cypress, which uses the same API. Fundamentally, it's a little different, but essentially what it is, is it's a way to test more granular, kind of like a unit test like you're talking about, or just say, I just want to test this one button. I don't want to test the whole URL and all the assets and things that get loaded. I just want to take this this selector component, this button component, or whatever component at ever, you know, you could be the the tiniest level or a, a high level parent component. And I want to put that in the DOM. In those cases, you you just mount the component and then but you still test it from the outside in instead of testing the internals of of that thing. Now, that wouldn't really translate in the in the Drupal community because you know just the way like PHP, it, you know, gets rendered on the server and it's uh, and it's not JavaScript. It doesn't have like JavaScript runtime, so that would be different. I'm sure we could. I'm sure someone maybe there's someone already has this. We have a third party API where people can build their own like framework mount and stuff or something. So I'm sure it's possible with uh, potentially Drupal, but I, I have to think about it. But so that's the part that's not necessarily relevant to your all's community, but the end-to-end testing most certainly is. But I don't know if that answers your question, but fundamentally they're they're pretty different. It seems like Cypress is more in the vein of Bahat or old school Selenium tests, like as you mentioned earlier. Is that fair? Yes. It it def- definitely is more in line with those types of tests. The only difference is is like if you've ever written tests like that, no, a new word. It's very painful, right? But from my experience, like writing a Cypress test is like it's like fun. Like I actually enjoy doing it, and it's not. I don't want to like you know rip right. my hair out every time I do it. So, so yeah, I, I've met actually was at a conference a couple weeks ago, and the guy had a Selenium tattoo on his arm, and oh, I was wow. like, man, like talk about regrets, <laughs> right? Like, uh, <laughs> and he was. I was joking and he was like, no, he's like, it's how I got, you know, where I am today because of Selenium. I was like, wow, like, okay. But, uh, you know, so there are a few people that really like Selenium, but for the most part, people have gladly enjoyed tool like Cypress uh, (laughs) and the sort of progressions that, you know, the ecosystem has made. All right. So let's talk about actually someone brand new to Cypress. What skills should they have or at least be comfortable with or maybe even be interested in learning in order to use it in order to get started with Cypress? Sure. So a couple things that I would say is actually think that I was having this conversation with a, a friend recently and he was telling me that he thinks Cypress is like the gateway drug into programming. I said, really? And I've had the same sort of thought, but I wanted to hear his like explanation of it. And basically Cypress tests, you know, they're using JavaScript but essentially, you can install it on any project. You just have to install, you just have to have nodes. You just npm install Cypress, and then it would download in 
Cypress package from the node package manager. And then essentially you just open the Cypress app and essentially NPX Cypress open. And then it will launch Cypress. It'll configure everything for you. And then you just start writing tests. Now, how you write tests, the the best place I would say to start doing that is the former team I was on, the, the developer experience team at Cypress, we built something called learn.cypress.io. And basically it is sort of like the best practices on how to learn how to write end-to-end tests with Cypress from the Cypress team. So that's a great resource for those of you who want to learn how to get started with Cypress. It's completely free. It's not like a very in-depth. It's sort of like a just a starting point. The way we recommend testing, how you should start thinking about writing tests like this. So it's definitely a resource for you. But getting back to the story about being a gateway drug, the reason why I think it is that way is you'll find once you start, I think people will find writing tests are actually pretty easy to do. And the great thing is that it's running in a browser and you get this very quick, instantaneous feedback loop that I think is like, exactly, it's visual, it's constant. So like you could just like one command at a time and it'll just keep saving and refreshing and rerunning. And you get this very quick feedback loop and it's almost like, wow, like I'm coding, I'm writing code. I'm actually doing something useful. And so I think that sort of, you know, that's why he was saying it. He thinks it's like a gateway drug into into programming for those of you who are maybe even new. So I would say, you know, the learn.cypress.io is a great resource for getting started, but I would just encourage anyone, even if you don't really know JavaScript, honestly, you don't really need to know much JavaScript, if any, to get started. We have a, I would say, we hear that a lot of people really like our docs at Cypress. So you can visit docs.cypress.io and we have I mean, tons and tons of examples and deep from high level to small level of how to get started with using the Cypress API and so forth. But yeah, hopefully that gives some some insight for people. But I would just say, try it out, give it a try. And I think I think you'll you'll find it's it's really easy. So you said a lot there, but I, so I want to go back to a couple of things I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will concur that learn.cypress.io is outstanding. Thank you. Video based. There's some some text as well, but. Uh, you know, I went through the first two or three videos, maybe just to kind of get a feel for things. Just really, really well done. Thanks. I don't know how deep it gets because I didn't watch all the videos, but it's definitely something that when I decide that I have the bandwidth to really make the leap into Cyprus, that's, that's, I know that that's where I'm going to start. The thing that really surprised me about Cyprus, and you touched on it, and I, this is a, kind of our last big topic, is it has an app. It has like mm. a GUI to it. Yeah. And when you actually go to, and I don't know the order, you can correct me here, but I think when you launch it, you when you launch the, the app using that NPX command, which that command was new to me. I don't, yeah. I'm not a huge NPM sure. node user. But you select the browser that you want to test it. Mm-hmm. So that goes to your point of what you said earlier. You're not running you know, like a PHP functional test against some headless browser. You're actually using a browser that you have installed. And then you kind of gave me a clue earlier when you said it runs in an iframe yeah. in said browser. But once once that app is running, I mean, you see your tests on the left and you see it running in, in the big screen. And it's got this feature called, I think it's called time travel, mm-hmm. where if you've got a number of assertions, and correct me if I have my, my, my nouns wrong here, but if you have a number of assertions in your test, you can just click on a previous assertion to have that 
assertion rerun yeah. and give you a, a result. So you can kind of jump around and the test. It was really, for me, that was the big wow moment. Sure. When I'm going through these videos, I'm like, what the hell is that? That's fantastic. So maybe talk about the app a little bit. And yeah, and I'll just go. I'll stop talking. Yeah, yeah, you're no. The, you're the subject matter expert, not me. <laughs> no, no, that, that, I mean, I love that you pointed it out. That that's what when I saw this at you know when I saw Cypress demoed at the at the conference in 2018, like I mentioned earlier in the show, that was the aha moment. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can see, I can go to open up the developer tools and I can see console logs of every command being executed, as well as if my source code has console log, I'll see that there. I can see the network, every network request being made. I can see you know, source maps, like literally everything I'm seeing in the browser that I'm already using when I'm building the code. So that is like a bit, you know, a huge win. It's one less thing you have to think about. And like, you know, it's, it just feels like you're developing as a, as a JavaScript developer or front-end developer. But yeah, like you said, the app, it runs in Electron and essentially it then launches the Cypress instance in the browser that you choose it. And then, like you said, you you can search through, you know, a lot of apps have maybe dozens of tests or maybe hundreds or thousands. You can filter through the tests you want to run, click on the test, and then, yeah, it'll actually just run through basically the JavaScript runtime execution of all of every single test, and it'll just run through them, and you'll see the real-time side effects of those apps running as if a user was doing it. And it's so fast. like You're like, wow, like this is crazy. Like you, You'd think it'd be really slow, but it's actually like blazing fast, and you're like, I don't know. I think that's really cool. I always wish we had a slow mode that would go slower so I could see it slower, right? <laughs> but you can go back on the left and click into a test and you'll see every single essentially like snapshot of state along the way. And you can click on that, see what the DOM look like, see what net network requests resolved or didn't resolved or whatever side effect or bug you're trying to sort of, you know, you're trying to isolate, right? So so yeah, that's the really cool thing. And then for those of you who are using Cypress Cloud, like we mentioned earlier, the feedback from those things then get embedded inside the Cypress app. So we have like different pages that then sort of surface relevant information inside the Cypress app. So yeah, that's the thing that um, really is different about Cypress from most other testing tools are just like a, a node or some like shell command that runs, like you said, in a headless browser or right. some sort of execution environment. That's the difference about Cypress. And for those of you who are familiar with like writing components in JavaScript, one of the things that I love about component testing is that is that you don't have to mock things. So one of the painful parts of testing, especially components, are mocking dependencies, whether this component in is relies upon a service or some other dependency, right? You have to oftentimes when you're unit testing, you got to mock that or fake it, or you know, you have to basically do something like that. Where with component testing, you actually use the actual production runtime environment to do all those things. So it not only is easier to write, it's a much more reliable test because you're actually using the real instance of all the things that your users are going to use. So that's the thing that you know, really the I guess to kind of bring it all home, the thing that I love about Cypress is not only is the the developer experience like, you know, I'm biased, but I think it's really, really good. I think that it's one that developers or even QA people will find like, wow, it really gives me everything that I need to write like good tests. And then 
The other thing is like you end up writing tests that are actually really valuable. Like I said, unit tests can be valuable for things, but at the end of the day, if you can have a an accurate end-to-end test, you almost don't need any unit tests or very little unit tests, depending upon the types of things you're doing, because eventually the business logic function that you unit tested, the side effects of that are going to get surfaced to the user at some point, right? Like that's the idea. So you know, I'm not saying don't ever unit test, but the idea is you can replace a lot of, oftentimes I've seen that you can replace a lot of unit tests and other types of tests with testing from the DOM itself, which uh, again, that's the way most, you know, in Drupal, like people actually interact with the browser and that's how they actually interact with your 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 thing that you're building, you're, you're selling or whatever. And I find that, that that's a much higher value test to write. Um, which is, you know, one of the things that I really believe about Cypress. So, I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I suspect that there are folks out there who are on the other side of the fence. Totally. Who who would probably strongly disagree with the, the balance between unit tests and and end to end tests. But that's not for for this <laughs> for, for sure, this yeah. discussion. One thing that did pop in my mind. I was actually going to end things there, but I do want to ask you one other question because something that. When we run PHP unit functional or functional JavaScript tests, we're generally starting, you know, with a test, like a fresh environment just for that test. So with Cypress, it seems like you're going to be running off of, as you said, a, a fully developed site and maybe, a, you know, in, in a CI off a branch somewhere. But is it typically where you are, you're running your test against basically a copy of the production environment type of situation or... Like what's what's a typical or recommended way of running these tests? Sure. So when you're doing end-to-end testing, you can test. The good thing is you could test different environments. So if you're locally and you're developing locally, you would want to run it against the development server, development build. But you could have a, a staging or production test that hits production URLs. So oftentimes the slugs of your URLs are going to be the same between environments, but maybe you have a different subdomain or something like that. So Cypress, you can set a base URL in your configuration. So you could basically say run the the production configuration for right. these tests. And so it could, it could hit, you could run different types of tests based upon different environments. But the thing is, is you are right. Like the thing about testing is you want it to be deterministic and you don't want state to leak from one test to the next. And so what Cypress does is, is it will, it will essentially tear down the browser or like not tear down the browser, but basically re refresh the, the page on every single test. So what it does is the initialization of a new test is basically visiting a URL in end to end testing. So when you say I visit the homepage, it will visit that for a set of tests. And then if you were to run another test that tested something else on the homepage, you would start it off by visiting the homepage. So in every instance, it's going to basically, it's just like doing that actually in a browser. It's going to reload the page and all of its assets and all that type of thing. So I don't know, hopefully that answers your question. It does. You know, I think there are some pitfalls with that as well. Again, I don't want to get too far into the weeds with this, but you know, if you are running a test early that changes some configuration, then you run a later test. Like the the fact that you made a configuration change that could change the output of a test depending on whether you ran the second test before that configuration change or after that configuration change. 
So that, that's kind of what I'm saying by a, a fresh environment for each each test. But I, you know, I, I take your point. I mean, it's <laughs> it's going to be tricky no matter what. Sure. Yeah. So all of the links that we talked about will be in the show notes. I'm actually going to also add some links to some uh, Cypress-related presentations that I'm aware of in the Drupal community. Uh, so I'll put those in the show notes as well. And Jordan, I, I really appreciate your time and your knowledge today. And thank you for, I'm assuming, introducing Cypress to uh, you know more than a few uh, Drupal developers. Yeah, so. yeah. Thank you. Always excited to, I haven't thought about Drupal, <laughs> to be honest, in, in a long time. So it was uh, <laughs> it was cool to uh, go back in time, time a bit for me, not that uh, Drupal is you know in the past or something, but uh, in terms of my work history, it has been. Yeah, I'm excited to hopefully hear more from the community and uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to me if there's additional additional questions. And we'll have links to um, to how you can get a hold of Jordan in the show notes as well. Alrighty, well, thank you very much, Jordan. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Drupal Easy Podcast. Don't forget to check out all of our long-form Drupal training courses at drupaleasy.com. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Drupal Easy Podcast, where I will be talking with Andy Bloom about the Drupal Smart Snippets extension for Visual Studio Code. See ya!